Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Take of my lifelong sorrow. At least there 
If you caught pneumonia and died, really can't stay. Get over that old love. but it's make this look good. What's happening? What's happening? What's happening? This is Coach Kair, and you are now rocking with the best. Welcome, 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 and happy Valentine's Day. You know, you know what? I've been talking to people. Well, not really talking to people. I, I read a lot of social media, and people were talking about, well, should I celebrate on Valentine's Day because... It's somebody else's holiday. Well, you know what I say? You better take every opportunity you can to loving the one that you with or loving the one that you want to be with. So for all of you who are participating today big time and you got love in your heart, give y'all a big time and round of applause. Thank you, thank you, thank you. This is a dream come true. Because when you're in love with somebody, it's awesome, baby. And then she smiles at you, and you smile at her, and the next thing you know... And the hits just keep on coming. And then you get that surprise maybe the next day or maybe later on. Wow, that's cool. See, those, that, that's how you get that combination, man. you got to be able to promote love, love, love. And then what? Not only are we doing the show today on Valentine's Day, on Good Friday, represented by Venus... But we got a full moon coming in, Leo, in about 50 minutes, 5-0. So what we're going to do is um, put together something y'all ain't never seen before. Today is also the what are you, the world premiere, world premiere of what men are thinking. That's right. Go over to whatmenarethinking.com right now and get in on the goodness. What men are thinking is a group where women can come in and finally find out what is on a man's mind. You know, what's on a man's mind? Y'all sit around and talk about it all day to one another, but you're talking to another woman. She don't have a man's mind. And if she got a man's mind, she is totally mixed up. You're talking to a woman who's got a man's mind, she's mixed up. And brothers, if you're talking to a man who got a woman's mind, then she's mixed up. You can only get it straight from the horse's mouth. I don't ask men about, you know, I may ask, if I ask a man, I know I'm only getting his opinion. So if you ask a woman, she can only give you her opinion. So what you need to do is go straight to the horse's mouth. So I designed a group 
what men are thinking. Well, women can come in and ask the men anything they want, and the woman and the men gonna come in. I got some real G's in there too. We're gonna come in there and give you an honest answer. I mean, ooh, you talking about? I mean, it's all type of questions in there, like you know, uh, what do you men like from foreplay? You know, what what do men think is is a uh, romance? Uh, men, do you prefer sex or gifts on special occasions? You know, me. Let me get to, well, I can't say, I, you know, I like both. I like gifts and I like sex. So I'm not going to mess around and give my, if you want to know what my answer is, you're going to have to visit the room and come on in and see how grown men are answering these particular questions. My brother Montique is in there, and um, today he even apologized for when men get uncomfortable because they get twisted into a pretzel during sex. I don't know how to go back and check out. Montique is going to be on the um, on the show with us soon, talking about the stroke skills. Because I know some of you ladies want to um, want to get some of that information in as well. So it's going to be some fun tonight. But tonight we starting off this show with a super lover all day, and he is an author. The brother is a father. The brother is a black belt, a martial artist. He's a meditator, a college graduate. I mean, he just has all types of accolades that can be put down here, there, everywhere else. You know, I mean, this is the cat. I mean, he knows the song to all the one loves. He knows the Bob Marley version. He knows the Houdini version, and he also knows the um, the the, the uh, Houdini, Nas, and Bob Marley. Yeah, that's only three. And this brother has penned a magnificent book called Once Upon a Time Called Love. And if you don't have it, just go to Amazon and just type in Once Upon a Time Called Love, and you will see exactly you have the opportunity to get on your Kindle. I mean, he got it for the low. I think it should be $22. I mean, he got it for like $2 and some change, but you can get on your Kindle right now. So this is for everybody who's listening in um, on the download, live and direct. Um, we thank you all for calling in. We thank you all for catching the download. But please, please, please go over and support the brother. Show some love on a love day and get that what men are thinking. So today we're going to open up the lines and we're going to talk to this brother and see what's on his mind when he wrote Once Upon a Time Called Love. Y'all get on your feet. For Mr. M. Scotty Tiger. It's awesome, baby. What's happening, Brother C? Uh, glad you can make it to Coach K Radio. How are you doing this evening? Namaskar. Feeling good. Feeling great. I know that's right. Namaskar to you and Myosa. So, wow. what's going on with you, man? I'm um I'm glad that you uh finally broke out the shell and decided you wanted to sit over here in the co pilot seat one day and um bring this masterful literacy piece um into fruition and let me introduce it to the world. Is this your first time on the radio um as as a invited guest to talk about your book? Yeah, I'm a um I'm I'm a virgin to the radio shows. Get my chair in pot today. <laughs> it's awesome, baby. Hey, so be, so be gentle with me. 
No, I don't know about that. You know, that's how you got here. Sexual energy is how you got here. So we may start off, but after we get rolling. Now, now um, I've read the book, and um, I'm about 80% done. My my only complaint is I don't have an autographed copy, but I know we're gonna handle that. You know, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get at you like that. But I you know I want an autographed copy myself. But when you say be gentle, and as soon as the book is opened up, you know you got the beautiful cover art. But then you come in here and you tell them off the gate, you know this book is dedicated to everyone that love is in. So you know the people thinking, oh that's nice and gentle. And then, you know, uh, the author assumes no responsibility if the reader grows love as a result of reading this book. Oh, that's so gentle. Then it says, warning, this book contains adult language and themes and no page numbers. I was like, well, he's still hitting kind of gentle right here. But then it does not take long before you go ahead and start getting in them. You know what I mean? Like you start dropping the science pretty heavy early on in the book. So um, I'd like to know, you know, what was your motivation for coming up with a piece like this? You know, tell the – but before you do that, as a matter of fact, tell the audience a little bit about yourself, you know, where you come from, and a little bit about your journey as an author, um, and then lead into what some of the things that happened in your life that uh, made you write this book. Well, my journey as a – I would say as a writer – began writing poetry. I've been writing poetry since I can remember. My mother had self-published in her high school um, newsletter, and I always wrote poetry. And then one day, I went to share with, with my teach, your teacher as well, Sunyata Messer, Sunyata Saraswati, my poetry. Because if you don't publish this man, I will. You need to publish this man. So I decided to go ahead and write a book. It's actually my second book, but this had a collection of poems at the end that he, he suggested to go ahead and publish. So I decided to build upon the lessons that we learned dealing with tantric energy, sexual energy, and love energy, and go with the energy centers within the body. And because a lot of people, they they'll read a book or go out there and get caught in just one aspect of the chakras or love, and I'm doing all these types of things, not realizing that this energy is really doing you. Just open up and have the awareness. So I wanted to write something very simple and easy for people to read, like normal everyday conversation, and also do like the tantra, the root words triote and tenote to expand consciousness or to make awareness, have your awareness grow to the expanse of consciousness of what's going on, but in simple everyday layman's terms, not making it complicated. And I must say very quickly, a special shout out on the cover, Miss Charlene Cassiano. So what I want to talk about the cover too. You know, you you definitely skipped, I'm sure, quite a lot of story. You know, I know you've been writing since you was a chap, but uh, I know. For a fact, you've been writing for well over 20 or 30 years. You know, I ain't trying to give you age away or nothing like that, but I know you got at least 15 good years in the game because you taught me my style of poetry writing, you know, when you said just get it out and get it down on the paper, you know. And, um, and write what you feel. And, and exactly, write what you feel. Now I want to talk about the cover. You know, tell me something about what is your um, – What's the what's the background story on the cover? 
Oh, the background story on the cover, I, I saw this picture posted up. It's um, my friend's wife. Well, she's my friend, too. It's her, her little sister. She was happened to be pregnant with her son at the time. And I asked her if I could use this picture on my book. And I asked her, is that you? She said, yeah, that's me. And one thing I had to realize is what's the most powerful form of love there is? The love of a mother. A mother will love you like no other ever love you. And so a mother with a child and with the and pregnant with the possibilities, if we can just picture the possibilities, was encapsulated within that one simple picture. So it's like you can be pregnant with thought, ideas, pregnant with the spirit, a woman pregnant with the child, or a man pregnant with the with the energy that your woman has pregnant with your child. Because it is right. Pregnant. It it is it is it is it is it is it is. So now, did did your uh, experience as a father, you know, influence you for picking that cover as well? And and how much of your experience as a father with your seed um, went into um, this labor of love, this book here? Oh, it it definitely had a profound impact. Um, as a father, I wanted something that my son could read when he came of age to read it. And it's funny because his mother called me and said, yeah, I like Dad's book, but he has some bad words in there. That's something that he he can read when he wants to know more about my journey or the journey that he's going to take when he gets to be of age. And his mother actually wrote the um, about the author in the back of, of my book. And right, then, right. Go ahead. And it, it, it was definitely a, a, a journey because we are very, very good friends, and <laughs> it, it's hard to explain in in words. But the type of energy that's involved, especially when you bring something, a new creation to the planet, and that's dealing with your sexual energy. That's in you even when you don't have sex. It's that same energy, that type of growth. You can use that to paint a picture, write a poem. It's, that's, the, that's the true essence of the energy dealing with the book. Absolutely. So let's get into it. I want to I wanna start by going all the way to the back cover where it says, love, the most subject, subject, subjective word in any language. I am not attempting to define the word or even influence your thoughts and feelings on love. This is my interpretation of a phenomena that you must discover and experience for yourself. And immediately, I see your strategy. I mean, right off the gate, you're just laying out a map. And the first thing that you talk about is infatuation. Um, why did you start out with infatuation first? Because I deal with the levels of what people, when they are introduced or think how love goes, the process that happens, like, for example, infatuation. When you first meet somebody, you see somebody, oh, I just love this person, or you just love the way they look, or you just love the way they cook, or they sing, or whatever it is that they do that turns you on. You're not necessarily in love with that person. You are infatuated with that person. They occupy a lot of lot of space in your mind, and you really don't know this person at this particular time. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to read the first paragraph of the book in the first chapter is infatuation. Infatuation. Now, this is infatuation. You don't know what just happened, but it just happened to you. 
A strange feeling floods your chest. Butterflies flutter around your stomach. You feel lightheaded, and none of your words seem to come out right. For some odd reason, none of this bothers you, and you feel fucking fantastic. A great surge of energy keeps you awake at night with a smile on your face. When the sun rises, you can't wait to start your day. What the hell am I talking about? That's infatuation. Hmm. Exactly, exactly, exactly. That's why I keep telling everybody I need to go over to Amazon and get that Kindle edition ASAP. Y'all run over to Amazon, just type in Once Upon a Time Called Love. Really, you can just do it from Google, and it's going to be it's going to be at the top of the search as soon as you get as soon as you get there. Now, um, I also find it interesting. You know, I'm always looking at the astrological aspect of things. Do you know that even though the full moon will be here, you know, in a, you know, in about 30 minutes, when this show started, the moon was exact. Um, Leo was rising at 25 degrees, and the moon is at 25 degrees, and the moon rules love. You know, the moon is the sign that rules cancer, and that's why I just feel, I just think it's very apropos that normally I would have a show at 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock, and then today we say we're going to have a show at 6 o'clock. But never did I look to see that Leo, the house of love, and which because Leo rules the heart, you know, and the moon, which rules nurturing and more love, and 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 the mother is right there on the ascendant. So I'm sitting there looking at the chart, and I'm just like, wow, perfect timing for a show like this. And then we start now talking about infatuation and 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 taking them through the levels. Um, the next and it ties level, right back into the cover too. We're talking about the mother energy and love. There's a mother on the cover, pregnant with the child and all the possibilities therein. Exactly, Mundo. Exactly, Mundo. I love it. I love it. Um, now, chapter two is when you start hitting him in the head with that science. This is I, I say I, I could tell he brought out his, his uh, skateboarding style when he decided he had already enticed him. He'd already had him calm down a little bit. And then you took him right into the chakras. You took him right into the energy circles inside the body. I mean, you took him into the Sanskrit. You took him, like, right to the root and took your time and slowly walked him through it. I mean, even with the pronunciations of each of the energy centers in the body, that they would be able to share it with their children or someone who was an advanced uh, student of these crafts would also be able to um, follow along. Can you go through um, Chapter 2 and um, let me know, well, not Chapter 2, but, you know, the second part or the second stage of the book where you started going into the chakras and what was your thinking on that and how did you decide, hey, I'm getting ready to move, start breaking it down. You know, give me like give me some of the strategy and the mind of the scientists behind this. Well, I'm on the like they say Jacob's ladder. It's the chakras just climb up the ladder of love. Instead of saying this is this type of energy, that type of energy, there's only one energy, and that is love energy. So I decided to keep it as simple as possible to introduce people who may not have known actual names or have read the names, not known as power in the tones of 
would you say? How to properly pronounce the different chakras and also go through these um, subtle energy centers in the body. They're called chakras in Sanskrit. This means um, a wheel, and you, like a wheel on a car. And as your awareness um, progressively rises through chakras, so does the understanding of the natural refinement of love. Because, um, like, very, I'm going to quickly go through it, and please feel free to elaborate, ask questions. But I'm going to go through the, what I nicknamed the seven different chakras. The first one is Mudhara. That's your base chakra. I call that ground zero. And we will go further into this. Then as you're going up, it's Vadisana. That's the sex center, singularity, which is like a black hole is singularity. Manipura is your solar plexus. I call that the inferno. And Ahata, that's your heart chakra. Everybody wants, speaks of love, 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 heart chakra, heart, love. It's only one part of it, but it's the crossroads. Get to your throat chakra for shooting, which is clarity, your third eye. People claim to be awakened, but do they have the discernment that comes with love through Ajna, your third eye? Asahasrata, call that the big bang, your crown chakra, when that lotus opens up on the top of your head. It, I walked through very quickly and very, very simply this describing my experience with it. And I know it's not just my experience, because as human beings, we have only evolved so much in the past million or so years, because everybody, whatever you attach to what makes you angry, what makes you happy, everybody still feels the same emotions, regardless of the thought, and the key is to let it go. But I want it to bring people's awareness to what this energy is. Because once you are aware of what's going on, then you have the power to change it, or even not to change it, but to have full power in what's going on and appreciate it for what it is. Hello? Oh, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. you. Magnificent. Uh, I want you to. I wanted you to go through the ground zeros. You know, I wanted. You don't have to read the old chapter, but people, you know, what I'm saying they need to have like you know to hear this word in Sanskrit. And sometimes these words can like scare people off. But I think you did an excellent job of bringing it from high level down to eye level. You know, so I love. I love for you to go into a little detail going through the seven wheels. We got time. No, no, it's not a rush. You know what I'm saying? Like I said, you don't have to read the book to them, but I do want for you to put it in your own words, you know, and tell us why, you know, you decided that the first level was ground zero and so on and so forth as we climb up Jacob's Ladder. Oh, that's cool. We're going to start at ground zero, Mulatara, which is the base, it's also called the root chakra, and each chakra has a physical correspondence in the body. This is your perineum. For males, it's in between your gonads and your anus, women between your vagina and your anus. But it's like the roots of a tree. Love can climb high unless it's rooted. But with Mulatara, ground zero. Most people think of ground zero, you think of 9-11. 
Well, basically, that's what happens in your life when your heart broken and everything else, and you just can't think about it, and you're in shambles and in pieces. You go back to ground zero. And what is that? That's the love at, at that particular level. Like, I love you because you're the mother or the father of my child or children. Just like the survival of the species, procreation, let's make a baby. Primal urge that exists. And in some cultures, the concept of sex is solely for the purpose of creating another life. <clears throat> like we see a lot of prearranged marriages and even in the animal kingdom. And a, a prime example of Mudhara, ground zero, dealing with this energy of love and the chakra system is in the animal kingdom. Like when you see a lion, and fratricide happens. But lions kill offspring that are not theirs, and they Basically, they have the pick of the litter, and then we relate it to our own lives. And a lot of people don't realize why. Why are these men fighting over this women? Just like the lion fighting over pussy. Then we climb up the ladder from I'm just recreating myself and having children, and because this is what I have to do to make sure that my my line continues. You have Spadistana. I liken that to a singularity. And those scientifically inclined, or those not, um, a little education, a singularity is a one point. It's a black hole. And what the black holes do, they can suck you in and nothing can escape. It shouldn't scare people from the, the energy dealing with the spotty sauna or the sex center. But one thing that scares me especially dealing with Tantra, a lot of people get stuck at Spadisana. I'm doing a Tantric technique. I can have the big O in the sky, the big orgasm in the sky, and I'm doing something because I can control my sexual energy. But you're stuck. You only, you only moved up from survival to the physical sensation of what's going on. It, it, you know, primarily for pleasure, it's, that's only sensory gratification. It's not to be confused with love. It's, it's, it has a force that's so powerful, not even light can escape. And if you're not aware, it can consume you. And not even the light of your higher consciousness can escape. Because while you're thinking you're doing some high-level tantric things, because you're feeling things, because you're using a certain technique, you're sucked in because you're hooked, like a heroin addict. Never done it, never will. Heroin, that is. Pussy is another subject. I'm hooked. But anyway, they, um, that's all people want to go into, nothing further than that. Or if they do, they go into the next level, Manapura, which is the solar plexus, the fire, the solar plexus. That's the inferno. And that's where people use power and start playing games with love and with sexual energy. It's like when, for example, one partner withholds sexual affection to get something they want. I'm not, I'm not going to be intimate with you because um, you didn't buy me that ring I want or you didn't get me flowers for Valentine's Day. So that's using up from the base chakra. It's up from just sex. Now I'm using this as a control tool. This is what I'm going to do. I'm not going to share it with you just to share it with you. Because a lot of y'all know people that go to a club. I haven't been to a club in years, maybe even a decade. Like, 
you go out to a bar or a club. If a man doesn't buy a woman a drink, that's the end of the conversation. You can forget about getting her phone number. And you haven't had sex. You're not thinking about having children. But that's love expressing itself through the solar plexus, Manipura, the inferno. And men do it too. Use it as a weapon, treating women like property and having to be in charge. That's a huge mistake because you, you can burn yourself to ashes in the furnace of the solar plexus. But with the awareness, it offers you the opportunity to burn away your egotism and hedonistic lust so you have nothing but gold left, like dealing with alchemy. And as we travel up the ladder, ah, we're at the heart shocker, and it's Valentine's Day. That's the crossroads. Everybody wants the heart. Nobody wants awareness. It's located like in your sternum, not, not necessarily your physical heart, but in your sternum. And this is where you transform from just love from I love you or this is my child, this is my lover, this is my parent, to compassion, to to all beings. But without awareness, you can get lost in that. I feel compassion to everybody, everybody I see on the street that needs a dollar. I give you a dollar, next thing you know, your lights are off. You're just staying outside because you're taking care of everybody but yourself. And that's where awareness comes into it, dealing with the heart chakra. But at the heart chakra, love doesn't need any reason. And you can devote yourself to somebody. And you can awaken to the fact that love is really impossible without compassion, having passion for something going on with anybody else. And I have to pause and talk about compassion for a moment because a lot of people don't understand. It's very simple. Whenever you feel for somebody else or you can see vicariously somebody else's situation without having to live through it, that is compassion. And it moves up to the fifth center of the shooting, your throat chakra, clarity. What do you do with our throat? We talk. We communicate our thoughts and ideas. And it basically corresponds to your thyroid gland, and it deals with clarity, being clear with what you are saying to who you are saying it to. Instead of playing games with your spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, or whoever it may be, well, I'm not going to say this. You won't understand or being so direct that you push somebody away, but having enough clarity to say things with love, and it can be raw what you have to say, but you say it in such a way that it's going to be received with love, not what we think, but how we feel. And that's where love goes with the natural flow of things, where you let things happen as the way they're supposed to do. And you're going to be in, you're going to be in harmony with all in your environment. Whenever that happens, you can express yourself freely. You don't have to hold back. Then we climb the ladder up to our third eye, like Ajna. That's the, that's the third eye, right between the eyebrows, not in the middle of your forehead. That's your fourth eye, right between the eyebrows, where your pineal gland is located. That's where your discernment comes into play. And that's the religious experience. People go to a synagogue, a mosque, a church, or a chant, or meditate, and you have a, a spiritual experience. Like the love that, let's say, I grew up in Southern Baptist household. And 
when you see people go to church, and especially women, I don't need a man, I got Jesus. And another man looking like, yeah, but Jesus ain't got this pipe for you. He got the water, but you need a pipe for the water to get to you. And they're ignoring their physical body to move the other steps of the ladder that we climbed up, ignoring the awareness of our beautiful body. But that's that particular type of spiritual love that's going on that people feel, which is great, which should be the first love, but don't ignore the rest of it either. Or you're missing out on the totality of it. Because love coming from that center is completely sincere. It's when you can make love to your woman without touching her. Or for women, you can make love to your man if, and for those who like to pursue the same sex. I'm not one, but I don't have a problem with it. If you love that person, that's for you. You can make love to that person just with eye contact. You don't have to touch that person. That's a spiritual thing. And it goes all the way up to Sahasrara the crown chakra. I call that the Big Bang. And Sahasrara is like a lotus, like a lotus flower in East India and in Egypt. They use a lotus flower as a symbol for enlightenment. It grows up from the bottom of the muck and mire of mud, and it goes to the top of the water, and it blossoms. It opens up. Even Joseph Campbell talks about that in a few of his books. But that lotus is the Big Bang, Sarsara. It's the thousand-petal lotus. And it's located at the top of your head. It's the manifestation of divine love. That's what love from God, the cosmos, or whatever you want to call it, comes in and animates your person, who you are. That That's what a lot of people don't have the eyes to see, but love is always there. We just want to ignore love. Because I say it's not for God or the love of God. Love is God, and God is love. Hello? You know, you be stopping me as soon as So I thought you was going to, you know, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna show you some capital J, uh, draw it to a close. But I was, I was keeping up with you. I just had my phone on mute over here. I think that was an excellent um, walkthrough of what I call dimensions. You know, I remember, I remember the day Sanyata was just telling us about, you know, they're not necessarily chakras, they're energy centers, you know. And then more and more I study, they're really dimensions. You know, when you see people who, when, somebody's, when, when I hear somebody say somebody's stuck in their lower chakra, then I know they're in a different dimension. And then when I hear people talking about making quantum leaps, that means they are moving up the ladder, hopefully. You know, I wouldn't want somebody to leap down the ladder. I would hope that they'll be leaping up a ladder or leaping across, which kind of reminds me of, you know, crossing the Great River. You know, sometimes you have to get a firm footing on a particular rock before you are comfortable enough to step on the next rock that's just below the surface of the water, but it's there. Like the bottom of your foot will get wet, but you're not going to drown. So the naked eye may not see it, but it is there. So it may appear to people looking, you know, that you are walking on water, or it may appear to someone at another dimension while looking at you 
that maybe you may be, you know, stuck or crippled by fear or something like that, which which all of those are relevant. Um, but I think you did definitely an, an, an excellent job of, you know, walking us through that and making it, like I said, bringing it down from high level down to eye level. So definitely. Um, now, after that, you start one of your unique ways of communicating is through the form of poetry. Can you, before we, like, go through and share a couple of pieces, can you talk about why you choose or how poetry is so easy for you to use, you know, to express yourself? Like some people speak in Spanish, some people speak in Twa, some people speak in, you know, different dialects and things like that. But one of your dialects of choice is, is uh, poetry. Can you talk about that for a second? Oh, definitely, most definitely. Because for me, it's one of the easiest ways to communicate an idea because poetry is a language of the heart. Prose is a language of the mind. Poetry, you can express what seems to be an abstract idea that when somebody reads, hears, or feels your poetry, or does the same thing with theirs, you don't necessarily have to have somebody get it per se. But it's the feeling that is clarified in the heart that touches somebody. Let's say, I like this piece, or I don't like this, or I know what you're talking about. You could talk about a flower. I could write, for example, in prose, a rose is red, it has thorns, and a stem. It's a... Some of them are perennial. Some of those are annual plants. Or you can speak of it in the language of poetry. The fragrance of a sweet flower with the soft petals and the moisture of the dew upon it. It's not necessarily the words. It's the feeling or the feeling that is conveyed that people get. And it's not going to be the same for everybody, which is the beautiful thing about poetry. In prose, it's you're going directly with the um, denotation of whatever you're talking about. This is this, and that's all it is. With poetry, it's how do you feel. Not necessarily I feel the writer's standpoint, but this is how I feel about what the writer did or what the writer said, and anybody can do it. And it doesn't have to be a uh, I'm going to be a Nikki Giovanni or a Carl Sandberg or a Gil Scott Heron, you write it for you. And that's one of, the, one of the things that turned me on about poetry. It's, it's not an ego show. You go with what you feel, and you feel where you go. One of the I, – I I definitely can bear witness to that because, like I said, you – I knew – I used to be frustrated because I wanted all of my – I was kind of like marginalizing myself as a in-line rhyme poet. You know, every time I, I had to say – at the end of the line, it had to say dime, and then when I get to the next line, it's got to say mime. Then when I move to the next line, it's got to say house. And then I move, and I got to make sure it rhymes, or I say mouse. And you say, man, 
is that what your heart is expressing? You know, and my honest answer was no, it's not. So it was it was it was better for me to just get it out and write more for myself and I felt much better, you know, um doing that. So I definitely can feel that and as I look through some of your writings, some of your older writings, even to some of your writings uh of today, in this book I see that you have not um have not veered away one bit from that particular style. So now have you have you noticed that your poetry has evolved? Or do you think you're still at the same uh, place that you were? Or And how important is the evolution of your writing style? Oh, the poetry has definitely evolved, definitely. Because before, I, it was on random rants or just something I needed to, to get out, just to get off my chest, or trying to be a revolutionary to change things, like looking at the word revolutionary, change things going in a circle, coming right back to something that you think it's not, but it always is. But it has definitely evolved because the subject matter has changed. Well, I don't want to say it's changed, but it's got more to the heart of it instead of the mind of it this is what I think, it has to be this, and that's everybody, and you don't like this, and I'm being a rebel. Now it's more like this is something I feel, something that everybody goes through, or at least I go through it, and I like to express myself, and hopefully people can see themselves in some of the words that I put on the paper. Because evolution, like, prime example. I would have done something like the revolution will not be televised and stayed on that particular vibe. We've got to deal with the, the revolution. You won't see this. You won't see that. We've got to do this. We've got to do that. And Let's talk about different subjects. <laughs> so you So you don't just so even though you, you uh, in your past you used to do a whole bunch of black power you know, for the love of your people, you can see that your love has evolved, you know, for self and kind. Right. To know that you you are all people. You're not just one group or one mindset of people. When you do that, your consciousness is constricted. It's not expanding. Like, so this is a – I, I put that as part of the practice of consciousness, expansion of consciousness or I would say the expansion of your awareness of consciousness, because consciousness is always there. It doesn't have to expand, just the awareness of it. It's not just, just me, 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 or this this little group over here. These are things that everybody feels and everybody goes through. We express it in different ways. But how mm-hmm. do we go about expressing it? Exactly. And you know what I'm saying? Go ahead. Because most people get stuck. I have to say it this way. I'm this, I'm that. And we attach a label to ourselves or an ism. I'm an ism. I'm with this ism and that ism or whatever ism. And it's and a funny thing. I listen to a lot of public radio. We have a free speech radio in the D.C. area. 
where they played an old Malcolm X speech. He goes, yeah, you can go talk about communism, revolutionaryism, all this type of ism, because I tell you one thing that people don't forget about, the dollarism. How can we go beyond that to get what we really need as human beings? And that was one mm-hmm. of the last he ever made. It was in January, I believe, of 1965. <laughs> but how do we expand our awareness of consciousness to go beyond these things? Like another brother, I love watching his stuff, Infinite Waters, Ralph Smart. You are your currency. And these aren't things that we didn't know. We always know this. It's like a simple reminder because if you take away the money, what are you getting resources for your labor? What should your labor be? Hopefully your labor is a labor of love. Going back to the cover of the book, what do they call it when women have a baby? Their water breaks, what happens next? What do they go into? Labor. 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 <laughs> if we, we labor for whatever wages we think we're making, but what is the mother's love doing? That is labor. What was the what happened when the father was with the woman? Could have just been whatever, but at a particular moment, love existed on some level. So there's a labor of love that everybody is doing. Everybody gets focused on the labor and want to forget about the love, which is the only labor there really is. If not, we do bring this service. Mm. I know that's right. Everything else is we're just trading dollars for we're just trading hours for dollars, which goes back to time is money. Now, I also see that in section three of the book, you decided to go with <clears throat> I mean, all these I love you interpretations. What 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 prompted you to want to express the the word I love you in all these different languages on the planet? Universality. To show that no matter what language you say it in, it means the same thing when you say it. And the way I wrote the actual, like, section three, you get the iPhone, the iPad, it's a lowercase i, capital love, like I love, where it gets commercialized. I got to do my iTunes. I have to do this. What about your I love? What about that? And this is the greatest program you can write. Forget about a Slappy Birds app. Would you love that? <laughs> you know, you don't even have to sell it. Exactly. It's just like Slappy Birds, which I have not played. I saw it on the news. It is extremely simple. But simple does not mean easy. So you can say, I love you, and I have it from A to Z, Afrikaans to Zulu. <laughs> but, and somebody might walk up. I could come up to somebody and say something like, Ma, I'm a stunson. Like, what the hell are you talking about? Well, you say, oh, it means I love you. Oh, that's so cute. Oh, blah, blah. Don't go into what is, you know, people don't really go into what it is when you say it. Like, don't just use that word just to throw it out there. It's good to say it to people, but the people really know what that is. It's, I know we got 
we have to check and see what their uh, nationality is before I break the book out. So that's why I tell people it's a good idea to have this book on their Kindle, on their iPhone, on, in your Amazon uh, uh, playlist. Go to Amazon, everybody, right now. Once upon a time, called Love, M. Scotty Cogdale. Get it, download it. Be ready to take your game to an international and a universal level, you know, expressing love, and you never might. I mean, since love is that universal key, who knows what door it could open for you, or, as we say, protocol may get you through the shitstorm when nothing else will. So just telling somebody I love you is such a protocol that it's going to be hard for somebody to, you know, give you some, some, some continued adversity. I know I just used some... Uh, some some love as a key last weekend I was in New Orleans and I got locked out of the room and I went downstairs and they had a new staff and so the guy hadn't seen me before and the person who had the room they had already left earlier that morning I wasn't leaving until that night and I didn't have they didn't have my name or my ID on the room and he became very uh, adversarial about letting me get back in the room. And I, I got on flip-flops and a T-shirt now, and all my clothes and my bag and everything is up in the room. And I just hit him with a blast of love and a couple other techniques, pink, blue, and white, excuse me. And uh, next thing you know, <laughs> everything was everything was hunky-dory. He, 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 he swiped me a new key and went back upstairs and I think I gained a new friend, you know, through using that particular technique versus trying to be, you know, adversarial. Um, also, I do want to announce that uh, we may have to get a quick pause for the calls right now because we are officially right now in the middle of the full moon right now. So let me... Let me uh, give a big full moon shout out. Oh, money pop me. And I wish I could extend this track out. It don't give me that kind of control yet, but it will be as soon as I uh, get ready to switch over from Blog Talk. But just for everybody to resonate on this energy, we're talking about once upon a time in love. We want to remember this once upon a time in love tonight. Uh, just be quietly for just a couple of seconds, taking a nice deep breath. Just getting into the space of love right now with this full moon. Concentrate on the moon, sign of Leo and creativity and you got something at 26 degrees in your chart is popping right now because Mars is at 26 uh, Libra, Sun is at 26 Aquarius and the Moon is at 26 Leo so let's just all for a second just slow down, take a nice deep breath and just reflect on some, on some silence just for a few seconds while we just enjoy the energy of the school moon together
this is a dream come true. So nice I had to run it back twice. I mean, to be on the line with family, to be on the line with friends, and to be celebrating this full moon energy like this, this is just, I mean, the timing, I mean, the, we're now in the sign, the rising sign is now in the sign of Virgo. Ah, you got something at four degrees that's getting touched up right now. I'm just having the, like, just moments over here right now, even though I'm getting this good lesson about love and, and benefits and uh, the the motivational force behind what Big Brother wrote this book about. I'm also very thankful for my abilities and to interpret the energy that are coming down right now. So definitely I look at this as a very sacred ritual taking place in the midst of so much other uh, so-called chaos. Mercury's in retrograde doing what it's doing. Um, if you want to know more about your chart and you need to see how this full moon energy is affecting you, then please go to coachkastrology.info and just request an appointment. Coachkastrology.info, request an appointment, and we can set something up within 24 hours we also are doing cosmic connection readings to see how compatible you are with your potential mate, last mate, your child, any of those things that we need to discuss. Get in contact with CoachKAstrology.info. All right. Um, this next section of the book, I'm, 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 I really like it because it's the fourth section or the chapter four, and four in numerology represents, you know, stability, and this is called unconditional. <laughs> and you're talking about unconditional love, which for me, I understand how that has to be the foundation. I was listening to Napoleon Hill. I'm always listening to Napoleon Hill, but something that he was talking about recently was the he was talking about unconditional love and how powerful it is, but he didn't use the word unconditional love. He said whenever someone wrongs you, you can show them that you are in a position of power by doing two things, showing them pity and forgiving them. Now, and he says only powerful people can show pity and forgiveness. So today... There's a huge melee going on over this Nicki Minaj uh, using Malcolm X photo for um, a song that she came up with that's very creative and also very true about people always looking at what you're doing and they ain't doing nothing. And so many people tried to throw Nicki under the bus, and it was an absence of unconditional love. They had no pity, nor were they willing to say, we forgive you. It was just, oh, she's got white handlers. She's in the Illuminati. You know, she done sold her soul. And it's, it's sad that people have abandoned the principle of unconditional love. Can you talk about unconditional love and how it made it in your book? Well, before I can even talk about unconditional love, we have to talk about the conditions that love is placed under or people place on love. It's always conditioned. Why do they like, like, 
I don't have an opinion for or against Nicki Minaj using El Haj, El Malik, El Shabazz, also known as Malcolm X's picture, looking out the window. Because what was, why was he looking out the window? Looking at peeping ass. <laughs> you, you know the title. That's why he was looking out the window. Now, the subject matter, I have not heard the song that she may have under there. I see why people would get angry over it. But then again, those are conditions, and all of us have conditions. Like, for me, I like my water to be a little warm before I get in the shower, if I turn to cold. Some people like to have their drink Kool-Aid after the meal. I don't drink Kool-Aid, but conditions. They place conditions on things, and that goes back to your discernment. With what, with what you're looking at and what you're dealing with. So I had to put unconditional in the book to forefront of people's minds of how conditioned their concept is of love. You've got to do this or you can't love me. Or, or for example, well, Minaj was a, that's just a side point. People are wasting their energy. I must say this, getting mad at her. A lot of people have never even read the autobiography of Malcolm X, and those that have read it and get angry realize we don't live in the 60s anymore. (laughs) This is a whole new millennium. Sure, certain things haven't changed. Sure, a whole lot of things have changed. But what are you doing? Why are you worried about what somebody else is doing? Get off your ass and do what you can do and stop placing conditions on it. Trust people to be who they are. And then you can then you allow yourself to live life unconditionally. What are you doing? You didn't put the album out. I haven't heard the song. I used to have that picture up on my wall in the dorm room in nineteen ninety four. But we're going back to love and conditions. That's the same thing as being conditioned. I have to be angry because I don't agree with Nicki Minaj doing this with Malcolm or I love it because I love Nicki Minaj. You still ass and still conditioned. Unconditional love. I've got to read this this page. Unconditional. Unconditional love. What's that? The concept of love or what is accepted as love has been conditioned by society and media. For example, in Western society, the mind of the general population has been conditioned the way a man is supposed to show his love for a woman is to buy her a diamond ring. This is a relatively new concept based on a much older tradition. Before diamond rings were popular and accepted as the norm, a dowry was usually given to the family of the bride to show the groom's worthiness and also to compensate for the bride's family for the loss of the wealth of their human resource from the communal labor pool. All of these things were done because of love, or so we are led to believe. Hence the reason I say that most people's concept of love is conditioned. You have to do this to show that you love somebody. That's being conditioned. When you love somebody and you're in love and love in you, you are, it doesn't matter what you have, what they don't have. And a lot of people are like, well, we're building something. We have to do this to build a future. And not a, 
but is love the basis or is financial stability a basis? Now, that is an integral part of human survival, but what's, that, what's love got to do with it, like Tina Turner used to say? So if you're going to call it that, call it that. Don't bring something up and say that a relationship is based on love and you love somebody unconditionally, but as soon as, like when the so-called financial crisis hit, a lot of people were hurting. You see people were married, living together 10, 15, 20 years. Husband or wife or the major um, breadwinner was making hundreds of thousands of dollars a year, maybe even millions. They lose their job. They can't afford to do the things they used to do. What happens next? These people get a divorce. Oh, but you love them unconditionally when you had your $100,000 wedding. You're going to make money and be so secure in your life because you're with somebody. Oh, but I love them unconditionally. Let the money stop coming in. You see how conditioned people's love is. That's not love. That's the love of money, which is the root of all evil. Money is not the root of evil, the love of it. And not necessarily the love of it, the love of money and calling that what you love somebody else for because then you are lying to the other person. If you love money, that's cool. But if you say you love somebody, but what you really love without saying it so subtly is the security and the money they can bring to you or you have to worry about things, <laughs> you're fooling yourself because you can't take it with you. You can have thing materially in the world. Like me, if I had to say if I had a million dollars, I like that new Land, Land Rover Range Rover Sport. If I never get it, I'm cool with that. If I get it, you best believe I'm trying to put 300,000 miles on it. So what? My feet work. I can walk. It's a vehicle that will get me to where I need to go. I could have a one of the worst cars I ever sold, 1991 Yugo, if it will get you where you need to go, there's no difference between that and a Mercedes-Benz or a Rolls-Royce. It has four wheels on it, two wheels if you drive a motorcycle. You take the bus, so what? It gets, gets you where you want to go or where you need to go. That's unconditional. That's discernment. That's love coming back through with the third eye and Ajna. Discernment and clarity for shooter and acceptance and a heart to your heart chakra. You accept things for what they are because you can discern what it really is. You have the clarity enough to see it. If not, you're stuck going around and around and around and around and around in the same cycle. You can't do this for me, or you can't do this for me. This is why I'm going to do it. And not realizing that for ladies, oh, your man doesn't have a Benz, but he can get you a bus ticket, but I got to have a car. You got to pick me up. You can get to where you have to go. He's coming to see you, and this is all he has to give for you. Well, fellas, this woman can't cook, but this my woman has to cook for me, but she loves you enough that she wants to learn how to. Stop putting conditions on people. Love people for who they are, not for who you think they can be. Like there's a 
old people tell a joke? They say a woman spends 20 years trying to change a man, and once he changes, she wonders why he's not the man she fell in love with. Why? Conditions. And loving unconditionally comes back to, right back to the heart chakra, which is great for today, compassion. Cannot have compassion without discernment. You recognize and you know yourself that these are things these are the things that I require in my life. If somebody comes in my life, these are the things that I want them to bring to the table for me. My only question is for with that is why can't you do it for yourself? If you want somebody else to bring it to the table, that's cool. Nothing wrong with that. But why place these conditions on somebody else if you're not willing to go work for it? If you're willing to do it, somebody else can do it so you can focus your time on something else. That's wonderful. Be open, upfront, and honest with that. But how can we do things that recognize the rawness of love, the rawness Absolutely. of it? Absolutely. And on and, and, and on that note, when you're talking about the rawness of love, and we and like I said, we're celebrating this full moon energy, we're going to take it to our little brother. We're going to pop a song off real quick. And then we're going to come back and share, share some of this poetry and take people into another zone. We're going to paradigm shift up through the heart, up through the throat, and out through the crown. We're going to give them a little Shindow technique. So we'll be right back with M. Scotty Cogdell, Coach Kaya, What Men Are Thinking, Once Upon a Time Called Love. Y'all sit right there. We'll be right back. Peace. I 
after you cry Hope your kiss on the cheek to say goodnight That one special friend that had you open wide Oh, that long date that kept you out all night I love you To tell someone that I love you No matter how you say it It only matters what you do See love is universal And know that, know that someone's loving you Moverare Universal and know that know that someone's loving you. No matter how you say it, it only matters what you do. Each day, please take the time to tell someone that I love you. What's, 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 what's happening? It's awesome, baby! Definitely, definitely, definitely want to give a big shout out to my man Santos on that universal love. Y'all need to get up on that. Get up on that as soon as possible. Change the world by changing me. If you love that song, just Google Changing the World by Changing Me. Santos. So... All right, big brother. It's time for you to uh, break some bread and uh, share some of these, share some of these po- po- poses, as I call them. You know, these poses. 
So I don't know which one you want to, um, you know, which one you want to step into first. But please give us a little background <clears throat> about it, and then um, and then go ahead and jump into it. Okay. Now I got one question with that. Do you want me to hit it um, with the, with the introductory, or do you want me to hit it hard going in? Oh no, no, no! I don't even, I don't even, you know me. I mean, that's I'm very, I'm very biased. So I guess you could hit them with an introductory. You know what I'm saying? So since you said take it easy on you, you should take it easy on them first, and then wind them up. You know, maybe you can go in. Maybe you might want to go in order. You know how you have the book laid out? Are you taking it easy on them first and then winding it up? Or Here's what I do: I threw it on the floor, I picked it up, and this is what I opened up to. <laughs> All right. Okay, this was called Traveling to Bliss. Traveling to Bliss. May I enter your temple and experience the universe. Traveling past distant galaxies. Exploring inside of me. Sitting still on my lap. Me finding God while being inside of you. Let's make this journey together as each other's starship living free locked safely in each other's arms, learning the secret of the Sphinx, thinking, not finding intimacy, balancing polarities, offering myself on your altar of femininity. All right. I see that. I see that. Okay. I see you I see you hitting them with the foreplay. I see you hitting them with the you hitting them with the tantric energy here first, right off the gate. Now was that um was that a dedication to someone or that or, or did that one come more out of your own personal experiences? Well, all of these come from a um personal experience, but it transcends myself so much. And these are poems I've written in um Master Siata was like, You need to publish these, man. So I um and my friend, she um actually had it on disc. Because I had well, on a USB port, or whatever you call it, a thumb drive, I had lost them. So I wanted to put some poetry at the end of this book. And she actually had these, and that I still had. So put them at the end of the book. All right. Well, oh, this is, now this is a good one for today. This is, this is for all those people who don't have a date today, including me. <laughs> but I didn't look. That's the difference. <laughs> like in the words of Bobby Hill, I'm not single. I'm available. But <laughs> anyway, this poem is called In Between Relationships. I can still feel the pulse of your heartbeat as I savor the sweetness of your kiss upon my lips. Love given so freely taking me by surprise, my soul frozen by the reflection in your eyes. You light my fire, destroy all desires for anything else because nothing is left. I will answer any time you call my name during joyous lovemaking or first and last labor pains. Insanity in these times, realizing it's the same calamity as love. What's the use? Arguments and emotional bruises. Too many fuck yous. Please kiss me again. 
Yeah, boy, I'm telling you, you the old dirty bastard of poetry. You know what I'm saying? I, when you going through this, I'm thinking about Brooklyn Zoo. You know, <laughs> the love poem, the love style version of Brooklyn Zoo. Um, I ain't even gonna make you tell your business on that one right there. That in between relationships, you know, being a student of love and relationships, I think a person will just be, you know, just it'd be pretty obvious to just read through that stanza by stanza and line by line to, you know, get a get a get a good gist of you have definitely took 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 no shortcuts on, you know, living and experiencing life. I'll just say it like that. <laughs> now is there a reason I just want to ask you, is there a reason why? Because people have to search through these, they can't they can't go through and like turn to a certain page number. How many poems do you have in here? Enough. <laughs> That's my answer. <laughs> right. Well, I saw that on Amazon. It said that is um, seventy two pages. So we got poetry, and then we got you know. Then you also have dialogue going on. So would you call this a what type of book? Would you call call this? Would you call this a a, a book of poems, or would you call it a Book of expression? Would you call it a, a biography? Uh, what What would you call this type of um? What What would you call this work of art? Look, I would call it the same thing you call a vehicle. You get a tax break on a hybrid. <laughs> I I know that's it's right. A little bit of all of it. Okay, okay. Well, give me a, give me another poem then. I wanna I wanna try to get out of here by seven thirty. And let some people uh, it's, go on it's with the seven, evenings tonight. It's seven twenty-three. I'm gonna read. I'll read two more for you. Okay. One of them is for um, whoever the next ever may ever be, who I don't know. It's called "Nothing Lasts Forever," and this is what I would like to do when I'm walking on the path with somebody. But this is how it goes. The only thing I fear at this time is that I'm not scared to let you go. If it means you will be free, if you will not be in, be trapped in bondage from me, physically, mentally, or spiritually, then feel free to stay where you will always be in my heart. If not, I must keep going, for I cannot stop on my path. Just glad you are willing to walk with me this far. We only have one more. Whenever um, anybody's ready to hear it, or everybody's ready to hear it. Oh, we ready because I'm. A, well, before you read that one, I'm gonna read. I'm gonna read one that I particularly um, that I particularly like myself. Now I'm gonna say uh-huh. this real quick. When people read my poems, I want you to read it not the way you think I would do it. I like people read my poetry for how you feel it. So this is a gift to me. Go ahead, brother. Oh, for sure, for sure. I'm definitely going to read it, you know. <laughs> I'm definitely going to read it. This one this one probably could have been called um, non-attachment, you know, when people are always being in their head all the time and trying to put too much left brain. To me, I feel that love should be a whole brain, but it's definitely more right brain than left. But if you can balance it out, then you're a baller. But if you beat too much in your head and you got too many rules and all that, then this poem is uh, for them. This one is called Let It Go. Don't let love 
fuck you up. Trapped in what you think it is. Because it is and it isn't at the same time. See what I mean? Don't waste time trying to figure it out. Since when you do, it changes once again into something into something new itself. I like that one right there. That one, like for you, you you give people the power to put commas and pauses where they want to. You know, that's what you, I want you to do. You give it the power you want it to be. Right, 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 How right. That you, may be a whole. That may be a whole technique. You know, it may be a whole technique about you know writing without punctuation. You know, because a lot of people are definitely big on using punctuation. But I don't know. That just I just see that you I, I just see you doing a whole class on that. Go ahead now and give Nikki me that. I Giovanni at A and T in the 1990s. I showed her some of my poetry that the dean of the business school made me take down. I was gorilla posting it on the walls, <laughs> and she told me um, she has a copy of this book. She might not remember it, but that's cool. She's a very busy woman. But she told me I won't forget that I was about 19, 20 years old at the time. She goes, brother. Keep doing what you're doing. That was the end of the conversation. <laughs> and so I keep doing what I'm doing. Did she ask about me? Well, I was 19 or 20, and, um, uh, well, only a, a secret told is no longer a secret. So I'm not going <laughs> to say about her, but I know what you were doing. I know what I was doing at the time. Hey, going to put that on front street. <laughs> okay, good, 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 good. I forgot what year that was. Okay, my fault. Okay, go ahead. I got, and two, I got two things so you can close the show. I'm going to read this poem, and I have something very simple for people to do after I finish. All right. Now, this poem is called Breathe. Breathe. You remind me so much of myself. It is impossible to forget who I am. You don't have to remember me. I know whose eyes in the mirror that you see. I don't believe us sharing God's love is impossible to achieve. Already a reality. Inhale, exhale, becoming one, waking up together, breathe. And this is what I want everybody to do. Take a moment, call me mine, breathe in deep. Breathe in through your heart. Breathe out through your heart. Do it again. Breathe in through your heart. Breathe out through your heart. One more time. Breathe in love. Breathe out love through your heart and every pore of your your being. Namaskar. And I do have to say hello before you close the show to Big Samir, Age of Black, to remind us, Denise and Dina out there at Gypsy House Cafe, my cousin Kyrie on the radio, Uh, my baby boy, Issa Sam McCogdell, hello to his mama, and everybody else out there. I love you. Thank you for listening. Namaskar and my Osa is on you, Coach K. Namaskar and I thank you so much. And I see somebody raised their hand as we're getting ready to get up out of here, so I gotta take this caller. 
real quick. We don't know if it was an accident or whatever, but let's just make sure. Oh, well, they may have just, I don't know, they might have been gunshot and they put their hand down. So we're still going to take them out with uh, that Ray Charles and Betty Carter, the cousins duo. Send them on out. I thank everyone for coming in tonight at our premiere broadcast of What Men Are Thinking. We will see you all in two weeks. I should be broadcasting from the left coast at that time, somewhere in the Pacific time zone. It'll be a little later in the evening, but it's still going to be some of that functified flavor. We appreciate Big Brother M. Scotty Cogdell coming in with his book, Once Upon a Time Called Love. You can get it on Amazon for your Kindle. You can get the hardback version. You can run it down in the streets if you're in the DMV area and make them autograph it for you. You know, uh, do you have a Twitter account where people can follow you, or how can people get in contact with you um, through any of the social medias, or do you want to give out your phone number or your email address? Well, the best thing to do is to um, Facebook me at M space Scotty with the Y, Cogdell, C, Charlie, O, Oscar, G, Golf, D, Delta, E, Echo, L, Lima, L, Lima on Facebook. And or Mr. Maat Publishing at Gmail, mr. Dot, or, or period, mr. period, m-a-a-t publishing at gmail.com. That's what's up. Well, we appreciate it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in tonight, and we're going to holler at y'all. Peace. Happy Valentine's Day.
Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.